first Isle Expo, I believe. How have you found the experience? I walked out my hotel this morning, I saw the horse tram, and I heard the foghorn going off every 30 seconds and wondered what was going on. Um, but I know lots about the Isle of Man, and I know lots about banking infrastructure, but hadn't been here before. So uh, a very quaint picture, I'm sure you gathered of the Isle of Man as you uh, left your hotel this morning. What were you talking about in your keynote speech? I think one of the things that I needed to address today was that from small acorns grow mighty oak trees, a phrase I often use and a phrase that's very true. I've learnt recently what the government have been doing here to invest in startup culture, scale-up culture and really um, act as a catalyst for businesses. And in many ways that reflects the story that I've had, which is I started small, my first job was in McDonald's, you know, I worked throughout university and I started my first business at 27 and it takes a while and you have to learn and nurture and grow with that and rely on some infrastructure around you. So it's pretty much just sharing my story and I think it was relevant to the whole theme of... um, the Isle Expo couple of days. And quite an incredible story it is as well as you say your first job was in McDonald's but what sort of drove you into business at such an early age? I think that I was heavily influenced by my father. Um, one of the things I talked about this morning and some of the questions I was asked was on the way to school I always discussed share prices with my dad. He bought a couple of hundred pounds worth of stocks that privatised in the 80s in the utility companies and on the way to school he would ask me what the share price was and I would open the newspaper and tell him. So I kind of grew up around business, the theme of the stock market, so it it was never really something that I found like an ivory tower or something I didn't really understand. It was just this thing that we talked about on the way to school. So I think I've really had stocks and shares, business, that culture has just been something that I've had around me growing up as much as doing the times table and what the capital city was on the way to school. And you've had many different ventures in various aspects of business too, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, one of the things about business is that, um, you know, you need to love what you're doing, feel very passionate about your product or your service, but building a business has a little bit, you know, can be, it's not generic, but there are some similarities, whatever the sector that you're in. So what I've learned over the years is that I might have had businesses that spanned real estate or parking, and I'm now obviously in alumni software. But building a business requires the same skills wherever your interest lies and whatever it is you're building or selling or growing. And how much potential does the Isle of Man have? Well, potential is limitless, isn't it? That's the word. And one of the amazing things that's clear about here is that there is um, a government who are really keen to create a strong infrastructure. One of the questions today was... You know, the responsibility of the government to help you when you don't understand and what if your business plan isn't right. And my response was that the responsibility of a government, the responsibility of, of, of politicians is to create an infrastructure in which you can operate. Good roads, good Wi-Fi, good telecoms, you know, a healthy regulatory environment. Those are the responsibilities. And over and above that, there are these pools of funds to invest in startups and scale-ups and um, a lot of programs that have been set up that weren't around in my day. I never had access to mentor programs and diversity schemes and grants that I could have had access to. And and, and equally, all the resource on the internet and LinkedIn and Twitter, all these things you have at your disposal. So I think that wherever you are in the world, there is no limit on potential. So you're saying the the Isle of Man government is creating a platform for local businesses to build (coughs) and to thrive. What happens, though, if there are people out there who, who are quite happy with the the local aspect of their business and perhaps don't want to expand? It's really important to bring up that not everybody has to have global ambition and not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and quite frankly it's a really hard path. 
So I think the important thing from Isle Expo is to remember that we should all be entrepreneurial in whatever we do. And if what we do is we're at home, we're working for a charity, we're working in a business, we are building our own business, we're building a small local business, whatever it is, it's just to think like an entrepreneur with those skills that are important. So be responsible for your profit and loss. Think about where your money goes. Think about people that are working with you, for you, as colleagues, your bosses, respect, team environment. So you don't need to have global ambitions to be thinking about building a business. It might just be there's something local. It might be a small niche that perhaps a group of your friends have identified and you can fill it. And it might suit you, it might be flexible, you might be able to work one day a week. There's absolutely no prescription for what entrepreneurship means. In this day and age, every business can be global from day one. It doesn't matter where you are. You know, you have Skype, you have you know, all kinds of technology tools that allow you to be somewhere when you can't be physically present, essentially, to participate in ways that were never possible before. So I don't think that being on an island is any kind of limit to any kind of ambition. Globalisation, they often say, has shrunk the borders, so everyone is a lot closer and it's a lot easier to connect with people. What about the hurdles that you've had to overcome throughout your career? There are hurdles on a daily basis when you run a business. There are hurdles in recruitment, finding the right people, keeping the right people, inspiring the right people. There are hurdles to do with financing, product, outsourcing. There are hurdles to do with you know, regulatory requirements, with annual accounts. One of the things about business is it generally means hurdle sometimes. Um, but the other thing about being an entrepreneur is entrepreneurs are genetically built or eventually turn out to be people who find ways around problems and that's what entrepreneurs do. And how do you cope personally? I mean I, I imagine with all your uh, ventures you're incredibly busy seven days a week but so how do you how do you cope with all the hurdles? Um, I think like everybody in whatever they're doing I do my best. I certainly take time out to breathe. Um, I really believe in having a side gig so doing something that helps somebody else not just myself. I believe in entrepreneurs karma so paying it forward where possible and uh, I also meditate which means that at least every day I get 15 to 20 minutes of peace and calm and my brain can slow down and silence itself which at first felt hard to give up that time, but actually is really important to be able to help you think sometimes for your mind not to be too crowded. So I do my very best, and, and I'm sure that that's not, that's, uh, I'm sure I don't do so well at it, but um, it's the best I can do. I read that you, you say that family dinners are often like board meetings. Has that been a major advantage to you personally, do you think? Well, when I say family dinners are a bit like a board meeting, I think they're probably a bit better than a board meeting. They're a little bit of a mix between my big fat Greek wedding and a board meeting. Um, so they're, usually, they're often quite loud, but we're all discussing what we're doing and what we're working on. And I think that that's normal to me. So perhaps it's a competitive advantage because it allows me to run things past people who I truly trust. On the flip side, I think it's over the last few years, I've learned that that's not normal. You know, I think that I have some norms that have developed as a result of my life and my lifestyle, which seem completely uh, matter of fact and uh, how, how one should operate, but not how everyone else does. So not everybody else does their board paper on a Sunday afternoon. Most people are. So, you know, you have to try and temper these bad habits that come from good places um, and sometimes give yourself a little bit of time off. What about being a young woman in the business world? Have you found that particularly a big obstacle to overcome? I get asked that question constantly. 
And my answer is, I don't know any different. So I don't know what it's like to be a man in business. I just know what it's like to be me. You know, I've experienced highs and lows, people who've been appropriate and inappropriate, but I can't think that's necessarily based on gender. I do know that when you stand out in a room, it's a competitive advantage. So I don't think that it's ever been something that I've considered to be um, an issue. I didn't think about it for many years because the whole concept of diversity, the whole conversation around um, equality in the workplace wasn't really something that people talked about when I started my career. So it's something I'm just aware of now. I will say this though, there's an enormous amount of work to be done for gender equality to be um, something we can celebrate in the workplace. What also irritates me is quite often you'll find businesses that are consumer facing and there are no women on the board. It's just not possible to represent and understand your customer base if you don't have a mix of genders, race, age. You know, it's not just diversity. It's just a, you need to have a mixture of people to be able to have a, a really good eye on your business, I think. And many people listening to this will have seen The Wolf of Wall Street. What does that image of city life do, do you think, to, to people's ambitions, to women's ambitions in particular, in going into that sort of industry? Well, I hope that we've come a long way um, from the sort of image that Wolf of Wall Street portrayed. I think a few things require um, our attention. First of all, most offices are not aggressive trading floors. Um, and although certainly those are places where I've heard some of the worst war stories of, of, of gender issues in, in uh, financial organisations. I worked in the city for seven years. I found my colleagues to generally be respectful and thoughtful, kind, um, and certainly didn't find that gender was a, a particular issue in that respect. I don't think there, are much, there will be many places on the planet that will be any kind of reflection of the Wolf of Wall Street, and if they are, they'll get called out because there are now enough women of influence who are watching very, very carefully. You know, we see with a lot of litigations taking place, high-profile litigations taking place, um, you know, Fox News recently, um, people are being called out and people are being held to account. No doubt, not enough. The other thing is, is that there are you know, incredible women leaders that are emerging in all areas of business, and we all look out for each other and we look out for the next generation. So if there are people who are known offenders, we know who they are, and we're watching them very carefully. And what would Wonder Woman's advice be to anybody in the Isle of Man, any young person in the Isle of Man who has ambitions to follow in your footsteps, if you will? I don't know that my footsteps are the right place to follow in. Find your own. But I will say a few things. First of all, think big. One of the things that we are taught is that to think big and to say so is inappropriate and megalomaniacal and arrogant. And it isn't. It's absolutely fine to have ambition and it's completely fine to voice it. I think one of the things about Silicon Valley um, is that people there are unashamed about their ambitions. I want to grow and scale a large business, or I want to achieve X, I want to achieve Y. We should be a little bit more like the US in that respect. I also think that we should acknowledge that failure or not being successful, whatever successful means, is also okay, as so long as you learn from it. Because none of us have been successful every single day. None of us who've built businesses found it easy. They weren't built overnight and they were the product of a lot of hard work. So it's okay if you don't always come out as the winner. Just learn from that. You seem to have done incredibly well. Can you make me a million quid? Can you make me a million quid? I can. Let's, let's join forces. Oh, I reckon we should do.